Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Press the record button and it falls over. Good God. What is going on? Hello, everybody. It is Black Hole Sundays, and I am your host, person on video right now. I'm streaming live on Twitter. I am Stephen Langford, and you may know me as Nice Guy Stephen, which is why my Twitter handle is that way. This is another edition of Black Hole Sundays, and what? This is like the 32nd episode uh, that we got going on, so, I mean... I can't believe it's even lasted this long. Uh, But today we have had some news uh, with the Raiders in the past week. Wanted to take a look uh, at what they can do in free agency and everything surrounding that. They just made a signing as we were uh, getting ready for the podcast and writing out the rundown. So we got that. We got uh, the draft coming up in just over a month and wanted to take a look at the positions uh, that could, they could be looking at within this first round. And today, wanted to take a look at the linebackers uh, in this draft, ones that could be around the number 17 whenever that time comes. So wanted to take a le- look at the linebackers this week and uh, just go through some of the names that you could be seeing uh, taken in the first round. And also, just something on this offensive line that is just... You know, it's it's very frustrating. So uh, we'll get to everything with that. But the breaking news regarding the Raiders earlier uh, this week, for one, was just that Marcus Mariota restructured his contract. They didn't end up trading it away. And I'm looking at the reaction from players on Twitter, from former players. They're not liking the way that they handled that situation because... You know, they said they were going to trade him. It kind of left him hanging on a string, basically, just dangling him, saying, hey, yeah, you can have this, you can have this, but also we paid a lot for him, so would you be willing to take on this contract? And that didn't happen. Now they got Nathan Peterman, who they signed to another one-year deal. Derek Carr is obviously the starter, and they're bringing back Marcus Mariota uh, for way less than they originally signed him for. So I just feel bad for uh, Marcus there because I I think he got the raw end of a deal. I don't know how good he'll be uh, if he does get as many starts as you know he should, but that game against the Chargers that he had uh, last year was uh, pretty damn good whenever he came in to fill in as the backup. But uh, that was regarding him. They also signed veteran wide receiver Willie Sneed to a one-year deal. That was from Adam Schefter. Look, Sneed's going to be 29 this season, spent some time with the Saints, and most recently with the Ravens and the numbers don't really stand out. 
he hasn't had a season with over a thousand yards receiving. Hasn't caught more than five touchdowns in a year. And last year when he was targeted, though, this is the one that does stand out if there are any. Last year when he was targeted, Lamar Jackson, who was the quarterback of the Ravens, had a 109 passer rating straight up when he was targeting Willie Sneed. So that's not bad. But my initial reaction to it is it's fine. It's fine. It's not a big signing. It's just a one-year deal. And look, Sneed's a veteran wide receiver, and we have all seen, we've all been in that situation where we need a wide receiver in fantasy. We need that fourth guy, and we're wondering who to pick up. And then Willie Sneed is out there on the waiver wire, and you go and pick him up, and you hope that he has the one good game. And, you know, like, I mean, if you were hoping for this year, and in what, like week seven, he had a 105 yard game. But look, other than that, uh, I just think it's all right. You know, they're bringing in a veteran wide receiver who understands football and will give the younger guys some competition and, and, you know, maybe some veteran leadership because really at wide receiver right now, they don't necessarily have that. Darren Waller is, even though he's your tight end, he's your number one guy. And then Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, those guys are basically your veterans now. So bringing in John Brown and Willie Sneed, I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not all that excited by it. There are still some moves to be made, though, within free agency. And something that has, you know, been made a note is that, look, if you spend big in free agency, kind of like the Patriots do, although now that the Patriots are spending a ton of money, everyone is acting like uh, Bill Belichick's an absolute genius by taking all of these players. But when you spend big in free agency, that wreaks desperation. That shows that you're not okay with your roster going forward and you need upgrades everywhere. And that's what the Patriots did. And I'm always going back to the Patriots. But this free agency and other free agencies too, you win, you win free agency two or three weeks down the line when you got players on the cheap who can possibly contribute to your team. And a couple of free agents that I want to see them go after uh, that are still on the board. One is Trey Boston. Trey Boston from Carolina. He's 29 years old. Excellent in pass coverage. Has received relatively good pass coverage grades all around. And the one thing that you need going forward here is a free safety who can play alongside Jonathan Abram and play the deep end of the field. Let Jonathan Abram go up in the box, try and stuff the run, maybe come off the edge, and uh, in and instead of you know having him play, you know a the strong side linebacker at points, just let him focus on safety and bring in a free uh, bring in a free safety in there who can take over the middle of uh, the deep middle of the field. And I think that Trey Boston can do that, and he's the number one free safety that's uh, really available right now on the waiver wire. So. I'd say Trey Boston will be that guy from the Panthers. And then another guy who I have my eye on, and I think they could use some help on the interior. Now, the edge is uh, you know, taken up by Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby. You got your two starters. And in the interior, you also got Cleveland Furl, and they signed Quentin Jefferson to a deal. But I also think, and this is just for me, 
but I really like Jarrell Casey. And if they sign Jarrell Casey, I will not be mad at that. For the entirety of his career, he's been able to stay healthy for the most part. And last season uh, was the first season where he didn't play in at least 13, 14 games. Uh, He only played in three last year. But if you can get a veteran like that on the interior, a guy who was the captain of the Titans defense when they were rolling a couple of years ago, I think that Jarrell Casey would be a great cheap addition, one where... You know, you look at it and you think, all right, those are the types of moves that they're making two to three weeks down the line. So they signed Willie Sneed, veteran wide receiver who can bring a good presence to the locker room and teach the young guys. But I think Trey Boston from the Panthers or Jarrell Casey, who was uh, originally with Denver but didn't play, um, I think that he can be really good on this Raider team and could be a good fit. All right. Let's get to the first edition. We're doing a, this is the first time on Black Hole Sundays where we're doing a positional breakdown. Now, when we're talking about the draft, right? When we're talking about the 17th pick, okay? I'm right there with you. (laughs) I don't know who they're going to take. I don't know who is going to be going The first 16 picks before that, I mean, the Niners just made a huge trade for that number three pick, and then the Dolphins were at 12, but then the Dolphins made a trade with the Eagles, and now the Dolphins have the sixth pick. There's just just so much going on. But we don't know what's going to happen at 17. However, I think we can assume the types of positions that will be available at that point. So uh, leading up to the draft, which is on the 29th of April, so just over a month from now, Leading up to the draft, wanted to do just a positional preview and possible guys who will be available at number 17 during the draft. So I just wanted to go over the linebackers in this one. And let me just spit off some names for you of linebackers who were drafted in the first round since 2010. <laughs> the, first, the first one on this list drafted in 2010, you're familiar with them. Rolando McLean. Yikes. Oh, that's not good. (laughs) That's not helping my case here. But the whole point of this exercise is to show that if you draft a linebacker in the first round, you're more likely than not going to get a productive player. But I'm listing off also some of the some of them were listed as outside linebackers, edge rushers and gradually turned into edge rushers during their careers. So you may not think it counts, uh, but they were still linebackers at one point in college. So let me just go down the list from these linebackers that were drafted in the first round since 2010. Rolanda McClain. <laughs> Brandon Graham in Philadelphia. Ryan Kerrigan. Luke Keekley, Dante Hightower, Jarvis Jones, Alec Ogletree, Khalil Mack, Anthony Barr, Ryan Shazier, C.J. Mosley, Dante Fowler, Vic Beasley, Bud Dupree, Leonard Floyd, Hassan Reddick, Gerard Davis, Charles Harris, T.J. Watt, Reuben Foster, Roquan Smith, Tremaine Edmonds, Leighton Vanderesh, Rashawn Evans, Devin White, Josh Allen, Devin Bush, Brian Burns, Isaiah Simmons, Kenneth Murray, Jordan Brooks, Brooks, and Patrick Queen. Now, a lot of those guys obviously have turned into just straight up pass rushers. Like they don't even they're not even in the linebacker category. But my point being is that when guys come into the draft as linebackers and you get them in the first round, if you hear all of those names, a pretty high percentage of those guys 
are productive players in the NFL. I mean, let's look at Bud Dupree, for example. Bud Dupree is... Oh, my goodness. Bud Dupree... (laughs) Got a call on the live. Bud Dupree just got paid a huge amount. And I just went off live because someone decided to call me. Unbelievable. And we hold. Well, that was embarrassing. (laughs) Someone just decided to call and it ends the live video. I guess that's what happens. Wow. That's awful. Where was I? Where, <laughs> what part of the, what part of was I on? Was I just saying Bud Dupree and just constantly listing off Bud Dupree? Did my last live video even work? I don't know. But what we're doing right now is taking a look at the linebackers in this draft who could fall to the Raiders at 17. Now, leading up uh, to the end of the 29th of April, that's when the draft is. Leading up to that, wanted to kind of just do a little positional breakdown and mention some of the names that uh, could be at number 17. Now, I'm like you. Mock drafts, you know, I see a bunch of these names, but I'm also like, I haven't watched these dudes uh, every single snap, so how can I properly evaluate them? But here are the top five linebackers in this draft uh, that could fall to 17. And um, look, I think that linebackers are an absolute need for the Raiders right now. I know you got Kwiatkowski and, you know, you signed Nicholas Morrow to another deal and you got Corey Littleton. But other than that, I don't know what their depth is. Tanner Muse is another guy maybe, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Who, who knows? He wasn't able to play last year. But... Um, I have no idea where I was at. I don't even know if I was recording this live video because I recorded, what, like 16 minutes worth of it? And, you know, I don't even know if any of it went live. However, here are the five linebackers in this draft who could fall to number 17. Now, here's the first one, and this is the kind of de facto number one linebacker that's going to be taken. Mika Parsons out of Penn State. He's the consensus number one linebacker. Any mock draft you see, I mean, he's 6'3", 244 pounds, and he just had a crazy pro day. So he won't be there by 17 is what I'm guessing. If he is, you take him. Because if he's there by 17, Mika Parsons will be the best player available, and he's just a beast, can do it all uh, from the linebacker position, and I think that he would fit in just fine with the Raiders who absolutely need a linebacker. Number two. On this list, Zaven Collins out of Tulsa. The dude's 6'4", 250. 6'4", 250. That's a monster. And you compare that with Littleton and Kwiatkowski, who are big in their own right. I mean, Kwiatkowski is about 6'2", 240, uh, while Corey Littleton is 6'3", 235. But Zaven Collins, 6'4", 250. He started the last three years at Tulsa at weak side linebacker. Can come off the edge if you need him to. And Tulsa was still ranked 24th in the top 25 in the NCAA rankings. And that's because of their defense. And Zaven Collins is one of the biggest dudes on there. So weak side linebacker Zaven Collins out of Tulsa. Uh, that's one name that will be worth watching who could fall to the Raiders uh, at 17. The third on my list, Jeremiah Oruso Koromoa 
out of Notre Dame, 6'2", 215. He has yet to go through a pro day. We'll actually uh, get a look at that next week on the 31st when Notre Dame uh, goes on national TV, and that's where their pro day is. Uh, But he's more of a hybrid type of linebacker, uh, can also play a little bit of nickel corner, and I think that if he's there at 17, I wouldn't mind the Raiders taking him either. Because what they need right now is a versatile linebacker who can react in coverage and also stop the run and be explosive. And Aruso Koromoa is that guy. And 6'2", 215, he's not the biggest dude, but he's incredibly smart. And we'll get a bigger, uh, better look at him uh, with his pro day. So keep, a, keep that name on the lookout there. Jeremiah Aruso Koromoa. Jamin Davis out of Kentucky. Now, if you follow Mel Kuyper's mock drafts, he came out with his mock draft 3.0. I don't know. That was my Mel Kuyper impression. Whatever. (laughs) I had the hair going. Uh, But this was his latest pick in his mock draft for the Raiders. Jamin Davis, 6'3", 236. You know, played in the SEC and, you know, how the SEC is. And he was primarily a, a middle linebacker there in Kentucky. And you Google his name, the first picture that pops up, abs. <laughs> and you look at that and you're just like, God, I'm, uh, uh, I'm never going to get those abs in my life. I am jealous of you, Jamin Davis. But look, he only played one year uh, in Kentucky and... I think that he'd be just, if you look at his highlights, the dude's explosive. He's understands um, quarterbacks and their tendencies, seems to have good anticipation in pass coverage, and I think that's something that they need, uh, that they need a lot of help on. And I think Jamin Davis out of Kentucky would be a fine pick at 17. The last one here and the fifth name to look out for, so far we've had Mika Parsons, Zayvon Collins, Jeremiah Arusokoromoa, Jamin Davis. The last one here, Nick Bolton out of Missouri. Six feet, 235. Uh, But the thing I like about Bolton the most is the fact that he is hailing from Texas. And if you played football in Texas, high school football that is, you know you were doing something serious. You've been playing under the bright lights. That's all you know. And Missouri had their pro day uh, the other day, and he considers himself uh, to be more of a middle linebacker. And he is known for being more that that run defender, that small dude who uh, just you know can get in between the tackles and and blow somebody up. So look, you got a lot of options here. I'm not going to go too deep into all their stats and everything because these guys are college players and they're expected to be first round picks. So of course their stats are going to look great. Uh, but Mika Parsons, Zayvon Collins. Oruso Koromoa, Jamin Davis, and Nick Bolton. Those are guys who can possibly be at the 17th pick for the linebacker position. And really, all I'm trying to say is, look, who knows what the fit is for any of these guys, but the depth that the Raiders need at linebacker, it's apparent. So if they can draft a linebacker here at 17, I wouldn't be mad at it. And again, looking at the list of those names, Uh, that have been drafted in the first round, the linebackers that have been drafted since 2010, a lot of them pretty damn good. So if they draft a linebacker, I'd be very happy with that. All right, to close out the podcast, we've had a week removed from this trade 
it was we thought they were just being released, but it turns out that they were traded uh, with Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson, as well as Trent Brown. And if you're just tuning into this live stream, I promise I haven't just been going off of about about linemen for this entire time. But it feels like right now, as you know, they're going out there with Andre James and and Den- Denzel Good and Richie Incognito and Colton Miller and Brandon Parker. You're going out there with them as your offensive line. It feels right now like any Raider fan who is trying to make sense of the move, trying to bring uh, cash into it, trying to bring money into it, just anything surrounding the offensive line, it reminds me of the Khalil Mack situation. (laughs) It really does, where it just seems like fans are in denial that this was dumb, that getting rid of two guys who were absolute just cornerstones of that offensive line and have just been absolutely just reliable, you know, for the past few seasons, they're just gone. And I get that you're cutting costs and you're making room in the salary cap to try and get guys on defense. I understand all of that. But to think that you can just go into next season and your run game is going to improve, the pass game is going to improve. I mean, Derek Carr was only sacked 24 times last year and 26 the years previous. Like, I don't understand why fans are just trying to back up this move when clearly it's not going to do anything to help your team. Sure, you don't have to spend money anymore on an offensive line that was the most expensive last season. I get that. But to think that they're just going to be this new and improved offensive line who can get back to where they were, I don't know. If anything, at best to me, it's just lateral at this point. And there's not much stability there because offensive line, they're they're expensive. Offensive linemen are very expensive. So we'll see what happens going forward. I don't know. I could be completely wrong. I want to be wrong. But getting rid of a couple of guys, one of which was your captain, and then Trent Brown, who, granted, Trent Brown only played in 50% of the games that he was uh, under contract with the Raiders. Um, You know, granted, they didn't give him, um, you know, enough time, really, to prove himself. Whenever he was on the field, he was great. But who knows what was going on there because there seemed to be a lot of organizational dysfunction regarding Trent Brown and what he was doing. But overall, man... I don't know. I could be wrong, but seeing this offensive line next year, I'm just saying I don't think it's going to be as good as we've seen uh, for the past five years. All right. That's going to do it for the 32nd episode of Black Hole Sundays. I'll be back next week. Uh, We'll be doing a little positional preview with the cornerbacks in this draft, and we'll see if the Raiders make any moves at free safety or defensive tackle in free agency. Trey Boston from the Panthers. Why am I forgetting his name? Jarrell Casey (laughs) as a free agent. Get both of those guys. I'm good with that. All right. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining me. Uh, I'll be back next Friday with another edition of Black Hole Sundays. Black Hole Sundays.